0: Welcome to Birdcast, the only podcast recorded in Satellite Avery. Today's episode is about a very particular parrot, the golden shoulder parrot, also known as the Antbed Parrot. The Ant Bed Parrot's homelands are in Far North Queensland, Australia, up on Cape York. Sadly, this small parrot is in significant decline and is in need of human help. This parrot's close relative is the Paradise Parrot, which has already gone extinct. And no one wants to see the Golden shouldered Parrot end up the same way. Luckily, there is a lifeline for the Golden shouldered Parrot, but they need our help. Our guest today, Steve, is chatting to us about what and who can help save the Golden Shoulder Parrot. And the most important part of that is you the listeners of BirdCast. So we hope you enjoy part one of this special BirdCast episode. Part two will be released next week. All right. Welcome to BirdCast, Steve. I appreciate you for coming to talk to us about a very special Australian parrot, um, known, as, known as the Golden Shoulder Parrot. Can you sort of start off by sort of telling a story and sort of how you became involved with the Artemis Nature Fund in 2021?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. So my involvement with gold shouldered Parrots, my recent involvement is um, a few years ago, I was lucky enough to land a position at the University of Queensland, which had fairly broad scope in the sorts of things that I could pursue, as long as it had a, a strong uh, on-ground conservation kind of outcome as a focus. focus. So I'd known Tom and Sue Shepherd at Artemis for many years having worked up on the Cape since the late 90s and I had always been interested in gold shoulder parrots I thought it was a really really you know cool little bird and what I understood about it at the time was that you know the, a good amount of research had been done and, and that we are at the stage where you know we were we were ready to apply the practical conservation management actions to help Kind of secure and save the species. So, so yeah, so I got this position. I got in touch with Tom and Sue Shepard and we chatted about, you know, the state of things and what could be done. And, and we all agreed to, to have it a renewed push to try and, you know, sort out some of the issues on Artemis. And, and that's when the Nature Fund actually sort of started. We were looking for a, a new entity that would be seen as quite separate to Artemis, the cattle company, uh, for all the sort of, you know, typical reasons. Like, we, we, you know, we knew that we were going to be chasing grant money and donations and we wanted people who uh, were going to donate to, you know, have real confidence that we were setting this, you know, that the money, any money that they gave would be going to the on-ground work, the conservation work, and that, um, that entity would have all, you know, world's best practice, you know, governance and accounting systems in place so that's why we established the fund and and it's been really good it's a really fit for purpose entity that that um supports
0: what we need to do okay cool could you sort of basically describe to the listeners sort of what the um golden shorter parrot looks like and sort of what its behaviors are sort of regarding nesting and sort of where it lives
1: yeah no worries so in terms of its appearance you know we're talking about quite a a Small
0: bird in terms of body weight, so it's only about 50 grams, which is not much bigger than
1: a, uh, than a budgie But it's quite long so it's got a very long tail so it kind of looks quite large But it's, it's actually quite light and the males are you know this sort of stunning kind of assemblage of colors um, You know most famously obviously the the golden sort of You know shoulder patch, but it's also got this brilliant turquoise blue uh, face and neck and belly that that you know uh, that changes into bright orangey red around the lower belly and vent, and then put this black cap. So that's the male strikingly coloured, and the females you know are um, are also quite pretty, but they're a sort of assemblage of um, of greeny yellows and, and so on, and bits of blue. So yeah, quite quite beautiful birds and in terms of their habits well they're a little bit unusual that um, they nest inside uh, termite mounds so you know we had um, three species of, of parrots in australia that did this and you know very famously we have lost the paradise parrot from sort of uh southern central queensland and perhaps northern new south wales has gone leaving only golden shoulder parrots which you know occur on cape york and the hooded parrot which occurs in the top so yeah, all three species nested in, in um termite mounds.
0: Cool. Who actually is the um Artemis Nature Fund?
1: So the Artemis Nature Fund is um is legally a uh it's called an other incorporated body under the Queensland uh, Corporations Act, so it's a registered incorporation. For a um, for an entity like that to exist it has to have a minimum of seven members and like official members, including three office bearers. So the office bearers are Sue Shepard, who's the president. She's the owner of Artemis, and she knows by far and away more about Goldschild Parrots than any living person. So she's a very appropriate person to, to hold the presidency. And then there's a chap by the name of Jim Philipson, who comes from Victoria, and he's a, a, a guy who's very passionate about Community sort of grassroots conservation initiatives, and he's, he's uh, very strong in sort of the accounting field. So he helped us set up the uh, the structure of the fund, and has helped with the you know, setting up the accounting systems, and helped with the website and all that sort of stuff. So Jim's on there, and then there's me as the secretary who runs the sort of day to day operations of, of what we're trying to do through the fund. Beyond that, there's a handful of other members who. Uh, Sort of provide advice and and guidance to what we're doing uh, on that. On that, um, uh, in the remaining membership includes people like Professor James Watson from University of Queensland, Professor Stephen Garnett, uh, who has a long association with golden-shouldered parrots, uh, and Gay Crowley, Dr. Gay Crowley, and a few other people who have got um, you know experience with uh, conservation programs like this.
0: And what was the, uh, the catalyst for the uh, formation of the fund? Yeah, the, the reason that we set up the fund, um, as I
1: alluded to before, was to have a, a standalone entity that could receive and manage uh, funds, so
0: money, coming from state and federal grants um, and or donations
1: from either uh, other conservation agencies like BirdLife Australia or private individuals. So... <laughs> rather than those monies going into, you know, the Artemis Cattle Company bank accounts or my personal bank accounts or someone else's, we really wanted to make sure that we had a very uh, transparent and, and um, you know, ha- had, a, had a system in place where the best accounting practices were, you know, were established to manage the, the incomings and outgoings um, of the fund's activities. So, look, that was the main reason for establishing the fund. And, you know, it just just brings a a, a degree of, I guess, of authenticity and credibility to what we're trying to do. So we were really keen to do it. Okay. Uh,
0: Another part of the Artemis Nature Fund is that it involves the uh, traditional owners of the land. Could you sort of explain to us how they're involved with the fund and sort of what information slash guidance they sort of give? Uh,
1: Artemis is the traditional lands of... The Auckland people and Taipan people and actually another small group of people in the north of the property who have have since disappeared and We don't really actually know their names, but there are records of that. So they're the traditionalists we're talking about They're all represented apart from that sort of small mysterious group that have gone they're all represented on the um, golden child of parrot recovery team and so the knowledge um, of country that TOS have is are able to um, come to light through the meetings of the Golden Shard Parrot Recovery Team. And and similarly, you know, the, the knowledge that um, Sue Shepherd has and what we're trying to do on Artemis uh, is presented to the recovery team and, you know, we all sit around and discuss it and we get approvals from the from the traditional owners of Artemis that uh, they're happy for the work to, to go on. In terms of day-to-day um, activities, so we must sort of acknowledge that the knowledge base around golden-shouldered parrots uh, for some traditional owner groups is now fractured, it's not what it used to be. I mean, clearly they would have known a lot more about the parrots and the system up there, and that's that's sadly gone in for a lot of groups and a lot of people. And so um, part of the role of um, the recovery team and the work we're doing at our TMS is to you know, provide opportunities for traditional owners to, to re-engage with that country and, and rebuild some of that knowledge that's been lost. Um, and, of course, some of it will be new knowledge as well, um, you know, especially knowledge around the contemporary threats and things that we're trying to understand and manage. So, so yeah, there's, um, there's, uh, we've had several opportunities where um, traditional owners have come to our team as, um and yeah, just reconnecting with the place and, and, and the Golden shoulder Parrot story. Just, you know, in a couple of days, actually, I'm heading back up to Artemis where Sue and I are actually going to be training um, some indigenous ranger groups in how to survey uh, for golden golden-shouldered parrot nests. And um, by the end of this month, there'll be three ranger groups that will have visited Artemis and, and seen parrot country and seen nests. And the hope is that they can go back to their own country and, and, and you know, do surveys and hopefully, you know, find, find more birds on their country.
0: Okay, cool. Um, it's often reported that you are a part of the Golden Shorter Recovery Team. Sort of how is your role in that team different from what you're doing as a member of the Artemis Nature Fund? Well, the Artemis Nature Fund is, is very specifically
1: dealing with the um, threats and issues on Artemis. It doesn't pretend to be anything more than that. So the recovery team is you know, taking a, a species-wide kind of view of the... Of the of the you know conservation issues around golden shoulder parrots, um, so in that we um, you know we deal with everything from you know drafting the uh, recovery plan to um, you know helping uh, traditional owners elsewhere you know uh, about knowledge you know dealing with things like um, emerging threats and and all that sort of stuff. So the recovery teams so are very much a species wide um, you know. Uh, scope uh, and and my role in that process is as an ecologist and land manager um but our team is is you know dealing with those very specific practical things that have to happen on our team as if we're to save the birds there
0: okay cool and with regards to the golden shorter recovery team there has been a few sort of planned subsequent actions over the years such as the uh, planned introduction of captive breeding in the parrots in some areas. Why do you sort of think these prior recovery plans have sort of failed the golden shoulder uh, parrots living on Artemis?
1: Well, I mean, to be honest, you could, you could pose the exact same question about any threatened species in Australia, right? I mean, recovery plans, um, you know, are often, you know, they might have the best information and the best advice in them, but, you know, so often they're not funded, so... Um, with golden of parrots it's the same you know there just hasn't been um the really the, the funding required to address some of these key threats so if you look at Artemis specifically so for the last at least two recovery plans one of the principal objective has been to um secure the northern edge of the distribution of the species which is on artemis and look it hasn't been done so um and i guess um early on it was thought that um, you know some of the uh, cattle management actions that Tom and Sue were undertaking would help secure that the population on Artemis, but um, but clearly it hasn't. So you know it's it's a it's a bit of a mix of not being properly supported with you know some of the early strategies um, failing, particularly around cattle management, and then a reassessment just recently of the the state of the situation in, in terms of habitat quality and the number of birds um, has, you know, just in the last sort of five or ten years, people have gone, look, this isn't working, you know, these birds are slipping backwards, they're heading down the same pathway as, as what the birds around Cohen did, um, you know, that are now gone, they haven't been seen up there in Cohen for, since the 1950s, and if you go up to Cohen now, uh, what we what you see is, you know, areas that were once, you know, sparse woodlands or open grasslands are now just thick with trees and the same is happening on Artemis you know like the we just earlier this year we repeated a series of vegetation surveys that were first conducted 20 years ago and we're seeing the same pattern across the board we're seeing an increase in the density of um of small trees and shrubs um and and that's happening Artemis and the, and the birds are certainly disappearing so um, yeah, so now's the time to, to hook in and, and try and resolve this situation before we have to resort to captive breeding, which is you know it's it's extremely expensive. It's 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 not guaranteed to work, and there's also a fair amount of resistance um, for translocation to captive breeding from traditional owner groups.
0: Okay. I've seen a, many times an old VHS documentary about the uh, the golden sh- shoulder parrot and Sue Shepherd. Sort of what was she doing around the time for this parrot all the way back in the 1990s?
1: What was Sue doing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Sue was really heavily involved
1: in the um, in the field research that occurred in the 1990s that was led by Stephen Garnett and Gay Crowley. So um, you know, Sue, like I said before, Sue knows more about these birds than anyone else, you know, including Stephen and Gay. Um, she's been living with them for you know, since the 1970s. She's She's a cattlewoman through and through, but she's taken just this passionate interest in these birds,
0: and um, so she's been, you know, involved in all aspects of the research. She's continued. So
1: Stephen and Gay's work finished in the early two thousands. Sue, off her own bat, continued to look for and monitor nests ever since. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, soon after um stephen and gay left in the early 2000s when it was clear that the birds were struggling sue started supplementary feeding and um and she's continued to that to this day and i and many people uh believe that without that um supplementary feeding the birds would have already disappeared from Artemis. so um so sue has played an absolutely critical role it can't be Overstated just how important Sue's role has been in the um, survival and persistence of birds on Artemis, and and she continues to play a critical role. and And that's something that I'm really keen to, to stress is that you know the the Artemis Nature Fund and the work that I'm coordinating is not an external kind of top down imposition on the shepherds. It's it's very much coming from within. In fact, everything we're doing, um, you know, Sue Sue. Uh, is the driving force behind it in terms of the ideas and all the rest of it. So the fund is really there to enable um, her to really fulfil what she knows needs to happen. Uh, what what we what the fund brings is is that enabling function, uh, which is you know all about fundraising um, and getting the uh, vegetation management expertise on the ground, as well as the scientific monitoring on the ground there's no point doing any of this habitat modification and management and restoration work if you're not going to monitor it so we're doing that with you know the best of all science um, and so really yeah the fund is just this sort of enabling entity which assembles the expertise that allows sue to, to do what she knows needs to be done
0: and sort of with the uh, the supplementary feeding sort of what is the situation with that currently and sort of how is it done and sort of uh, sort of why would it be needed?
1: Well, it's needed because um, the it's, it's, it's currently thought that the food supply for gone shouldered parrots is uh, compromised at certain times of the year so um, so during the dry season so where we are now there's just a there's, there's no problems with food there's an absolute superabundance of uh, a little short annual grass called fire grass, and the birds you know are happily living on that through the, through the dry season. What happens when the storms start is that all that you know fire grass either gets washed away or or sets seed so it germinates and is no longer available to the parrots and and the the parrots enter what is actually a natural period of food shortage um, and during that time they fly around and they eat all sorts of things including you know the buds of of melaleuca trees and, and flowers and cooked down ironwood and galls and all sorts of things they eat lots of different types of um, lots of different types of foods until the 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 wet season perennial grasses kick in and they you know flare and set seed and it's the perennial grasses that seem to have been hammered the most Um, and so um, the supplementary feeding is you know taking the sting out of that kind of that early to mid wet season uh, food shortage The other thing that's happening is that during that period when uh, there is that natural food shortage, birds are having to spend more time on the ground uh, looking for food, uh, which exposes them to elevated predation risk. So by supplementary feeding, um, birds can visit areas or visit a feeding station where they're, you know, they can um, approach with caution they can sit up in the trees and they can listen and make sure there's no predators around um, and then they can enter that little feeding station and they, they sort of they sit behind wire mesh so that you know which protects them from being dive-bombed from from predators while they're feeding so so it's sort of a it's a it's a slightly complex kind of situation but but in short what what the supplementary feeding is doing is you know making sure there's enough of food enough food available, uh, and also making sure that the parrots can eat in a very kind of safe place, basically.
0: Okay. All right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's birdcast on the Golden shoulder Parrot. Once again, remember to tune in to part two, which will be released next week. All right, everyone. Remember, we have an Instagram, birdman underscore dad, and a YouTube channel, birdmandad. All right, everyone. Goodbye. Sayonara